question was this, how can you still believe in love and the star of your story after all that you've been through? The answer was not in my notes. It was not a question that was sent to me. But here's what I said. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wednesdays with Watson. If you have been following this journey by now, you know that my name is Amy Watson, and I am your host. We are focusing this inaugural season on my journey and diagnosis with PTSD. We have called this first season PTSD, Jesus and Me. Today, you're in for something that shocked me, to be honest with you. Today, you are in for some real-time healing updates. I literally never in a million years saw this coming. I never saw or even thought that creating this podcast would bring additional healing for me. I do need to give you fair warning, and those of you who actually know me know that I am a student of whatever I I do. And so fair warning, I've listened to a lot of podcasts because I want to make this experience better for the person on the other side of the microphone. And in listening to a lot of podcasts, of course, I ran into the hype that is the Enneagram. And we're not going to talk about that a lot because there are plenty of people who do. But I am a two, the helper, which surprises nobody. And so, of course, when I think about this podcast, I started it for you. I started it for the PTSD patient. I started it for those that love them. And it kind of morphed into start continuing it for those of you that need to be reminded that you matter. We actually called the first episode Healing That Doesn't Make Sense. And it continues to fly in the face of logic. None of it makes sense, even to the professionals. On that first episode, I think I even referred to myself as an expert in the field of PTSD. But as you will learn today, and as I've been in the woodshed over the last couple of weeks, We all understand that we all still have a lot to learn. But writing this podcast, recording this podcast, has pushed me to learn more about PTSD and how that knowledge can be helpful to you, and apparently to me too. Today, I will attempt to tell you some real-time updates and healing that is occurring because of this podcast. This sub-series, You Matter, has forced me to ask myself, whether or not I believe that, or if it's just a catchphrase that I'm giving to my listeners. It has forced me to live my life as though I believe that. And then suddenly I realize how difficult this task actually is. And so for every one of you out there fighting this fight, trying to embrace your Psalm 139 value, that fearfully and wonderfully made value, I see you. The star who gave his life so that you can have that value sees you. Very few of us wake up knowing this. Very few of us step into the truth of Psalm 139. Very few of us live most of our lives in that image bearer status. And the last couple weeks have been some of those days for me. And even today, when I'm recording this podcast, I am going to borrow the faith of my community and know that I matter too. Because leaning on that community is a community that points me back to the star When community looks like accountability, they are just that, and it opens the doors for healing. Today's podcast is my journey and almost everyday struggle 
with an eating disorder, another side effect of PTSD. The correlation between PTSD and eating disorders are well understood, and honestly, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand how those two can be correlated. Today's podcast is solo, because parts of this battle have to be. They have to be solo, and they have to be with the star. I mentioned that you're going to hear about real-time healing, and you are, and it will be, in true Amy Watson fashion, transparent. It will be truthful. It will be honest. You'll know where I'm at, and we'll all land back at the feet of the cross, where the star will help us. There may be a time and place for me to provide for my friends and family's perspective on this, but that day is not today, because as I mentioned, this is real-time healing healing that doesn't make sense, healing that pushes me into the realm of fighting this battle with the God of the universe, all the while leaning on my community, but then pointing me to that star and that truth of 139, again, fearfully and wonderfully made. My goal is for you and for me to use those words about ourselves and to live our lives like we believe that we matter. So here we go. PTSD. Jesus and me, because I matter too. And guys, this is shaping up to be the fight of my life. The look in the nice doctor's eyes was not unfamiliar to me. I've seen that look a lot over the years. So I looked at the concern, a little bit confused. It was summer of 2018. I was at Mayo Clinic. And we were at the tail end of chasing the reason, medical reason, for a massive weight loss and inability to properly nourish my body. I described to them a full feeling. It's almost like I have a full feeling all the time. feels like I just ate Thanksgiving dinner. That was the last medical appointment and a chase to find a reason for the loss of appetite and weight loss. Because at the end of my appointment, There were no medical answers, but I was tasked with the responsibility of fixing it still. And so every morning almost since the summer of 2018, I measure my success by a blinking number. There are reasons why anyone close to me knows not to speak to me in the mornings. I am the absolute worst version of myself until coffee. It takes work to get out of that daze that the dark often brings for me. While my flashbacks are largely under control, going to and staying asleep is often a whole other thing, and so mornings are not my favorite. Some people love mornings. Those are the weird people out there. They love that verse in Lamentations that talks about mercies new every morning. I actually love that verse, but I'm not a fan of mornings. After that fog of the night lifts, especially over the last four weeks, I have one thought when I open my eyes. It's not being grateful to be alive. It's really a very real thought that I have to start all over again with the eating thing, as I call it. Because yesterday's calories will not meet today's needs. Those calories have been used. And so I begin to head towards the bathroom where I step on a scale, close my eyes, and hope for the best. That number will define the success of the day before. If it's a healthy number, that number will silence the voices of those that love me as well as my inner critic. 
I can know how I'm actually progressing with the decision to nourish myself, which is a sign that I'm living a life like I believe that I matter too. But during this recent season, and just off and on over the last couple of years, but especially in the last four to six weeks, I would say that every morning that number just continues to drop. And so did my resolve. This thing, in some ways, is the first legitimate fight for my life since I can't live without food and water. I have likened this whole thing and really my whole life to a boxing match. I don't even like boxing, but I do that because one thing happens at the end of a boxing match. A hand is held up in victory or someone has delivered a knockout punch, rendering the other person unconscious. Either way, there is some resolution to each boxing match. And so I step in the ring to fight this one, but only after deciding to do that for myself and not for those that love me and not for those of you listening to this podcast. I often refer to myself as a spoil of war. Let me take all the hurt. Let me take more pain because I've already had so much. I've called myself a throwaway child because that's how I felt. But I still remember the words of my friend, you are worth fighting for. But remembering this is really hard for me. And so I throw efforts into writing and podcasting to help other people, which is really the desire of my heart. But I have to investigate my motives as an Enneagram 2, the helper. Is my desire to help you because I want to help you, or is it because I am avoiding helping myself? I think the answer to that question is clearly both. There's so much to be said for that putting my oxygen mask on before I try to help you. And so fighting for myself, fighting in that ring, understanding my Psalm 139 value, understanding and remembering that I'm worth fighting for is hard for me to remember. We have talked about shame a bunch on this podcast, and this is this in particular, even in real time, is an area of my life where I experience this greatly. Because my eating disorder is a struggle to not get enough calories. It's not well received by most people. Even well-meaning people have made comments like, and I quote, I wish I had that problem. And that brings the opportunity for shame. And when I operate in that lane, I lose sight of my star. He is in my corner always. He is there waiting to bind my wounds from the fight. Because he understands the fight. He experienced the fight. As we have so often mentioned on this podcast, he is not a high priest, unfamiliar with our sorrows. We see that in Hebrews 4.15. So there are about probably 14 steps from my bed to that scale. And as that blinking number turns into a solid number, sometimes I remember to invite Jesus into the middle of the ring with me because I know I can't win this fight without him. Then there are the days I don't even acknowledge him, and I take every body blow for myself, every punch. And there he is, in my corner, inviting me to let him carry the burden for me. I sometimes don't even know what that burden is, or why after living on this planet for almost four decades, how an eating disorder can just show up out of nowhere and be added to the lineup of things that I have to fight. It is likely that after we get out of triage mode for 2020, that PTSD will be an epidemic worldwide. 
it certainly will be an issue in this country. It already is vastly underdiagnosed and treated. It should not shock anybody that trauma patients exhibit eating disorders all across the linear scale. So from bulimia to restricting calories and all the scary things in between, all the scary words related to eating disorder. There are so many schools of thought on this, and none of them should surprise any of us. Many trauma survivors will overeat to make themselves unattractive, literally thinking in their minds that physical insulation will protect them from harm, particularly in abuse situations. They will often overeat, binge eat to thwart pain. I remember how shocked I was when I taught high school and I learned about cutting and how that is a thing because physical pain literally takes away from emotional pain. And so for a lot of, a lot of people on the linear scale of the eating disorder that is just left of mine if you will or right of mine wherever wherever I fall on that on that eating disorder scale, people are have eating disorders for a reason and often it is to protect themselves from emotional pain. For me, I'm back to living that cheetah life because it turns into and exhibits itself as all-out panic. And like all PTSD patients, I struggle to regulate emotions. And so there's this big pendulum swing. You know, there's this thought process of shoot first, aim later. And so when an emotional distress, like a pandemic or yeah, like a pandemic or all of the things that come from it, we will deflect to self-harm, which is eating, which is an eating disorder. It is choosing to believe that I don't matter. And so I can ignore the trauma when I'm focused on that jumping up and down in front of me. So currently, as of today, again, real-time healing, my body is in panic mode, and my body is keeping the score. And it keeps the score by giving me that full feeling, like I just ate Thanksgiving dinner, And it's very difficult to get food and calories in. But while I'm running for my life, I cannot rest or digest, just like that cheetah that we've talked about before. And for me, this particular season of struggle started with a submission of the first five pages of my memoir. Not exactly sure of the timeline. I think this was late last year, so it would have been before we entered into a pandemic and all of our lives got turned upside down. But I submitted the first five pages of my manuscript to an agent on a whim. I got invited to resubmit what I had written after adding a, quote, innocent voice to the story. My book starts when I'm a child. And as of this recording, there are still events from my early childhood that I have not told a single soul on this planet. That decision originated out of shame. But for today, I choose to respect those parts of my pain Because some things are just for me and the star, no matter how much I want to help somebody else. And so in trying to find that innocent voice, I went on Google Earth to look at some pictures of some of the places where some of this trauma had occurred. I tried to describe them as innocently as I could. And I epically failed on every level that you could possibly imagine. Chasing that seven-year-old Amy sent me back to the cheetah life. And I was frustrated with that because I thought I retired that life. As I mentioned in a previous podcast, and I'll put that show link, it's one of the 
or listen to podcasts for this reason. As I mentioned in another podcast, cheetahs are the fastest runners on the planet until they aren't. Suffice it to say that my relationship with food is deeply rooted in real issues of food restriction. As a child, we had foods presented to us that probably no one should eat. If food were an indicator of love, then we weren't loved very well. And as a two on the Enneagram scale, that really is my core need. So understanding this has been a game changer in this arena of choosing to believe that I matter too. Later in my life, food would be held as power in my domestic violence marriage. And to top it all off, I am living with an autoimmune disease that for me makes a task like eating feel like a Herculean attempt. And so some days, I just don't got it, y'all. And so the cheetah runs. And that's what the what I've been doing for several weeks is running in full-on panic mode. And then I didn't. And then I collapsed. And I knew I had to get behind this mic and tell you about it. I had the opportunity earlier this week to give my full testimony in a two-hour radio interview. Preparing for the subsequent recording of that interview, recording that interview, rendered me to sleep for literally 18 hours. It was then that I realized the gravity of it all. And so I envisioned myself standing in the middle of that boxing ring again, and I realized that my star is inviting me to step outside of the ring, outside of the fight, and sit for a while in the truth that I do, in fact, matter too. And then a number on a scale, good or bad, doesn't define me. There is a number, though, that does define me, and it defines you too. I love the stories in Matthew chapter 18, and it's probably in all four Gospels. I believe it's also in Luke chapter 15, about the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. This parable has been one that's always confused me because there were multiple coins, and so why did we care about one that was lost? There were two sons. Why did we care about the one that didn't really care about his family? And there were a hundred sheep. But the Bible tells us that Jesus left the 99 to find the one. That's how much he loves me. That's how much he loves you. The only number that defines me does not blink. It never changes. He tells me that I am his workmanship. And that he desires relationship and community with me. I am his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. We know that because in that story of the lost sheep, guys, he went to pursue. He hunted down the lost sheep. Why did he do that? Well, because the sheep was lost. So many days we are that sheep. And I am so grateful that he will hunt me down like he did the lost sheep. And when he does... As the, as the psalmist tells us, he is a very present help in trouble. And then we have healing that continues to not make sense. During that same radio interview, I was asked a question, and I'm going to leave you with my answer. The question was this. How can you still believe in love and the star of your story after all that you've been through? It didn't take me long to answer that story. 
The answer was not in my notes. It was not a question that was sent to me. But here's what I said. I both love and believe in Jesus because of all that I have been through in this life. I do thank him for the access to the pain. I used to thank him for the access to the pain because I was primarily grateful that I could help others. But today, I am grateful for access to to the pain because it provides more opportunities for sweet commune with my Jesus, my star who does understand my pain and who does define me by a single number, one, because I am one to him, and so are you. So today I'm not in that ring, but under the shelter of his wings. At least, not, at least for today, I choose to sit there. Now, instead of stepping on a scale, I walk to the mirror in my bathroom, and I write the words, You matter too, in large letters. Because I do matter. I am not a spoil of war. I am not a throwaway kid. Or even an orphan, as I so often jokingly refer to myself. I am the one, and so are you. I love Isaiah 43. It reminds us that he is doing a new thing. And that he is with me when I pass through the waters of self-loathing and criticism. He will be there for me and for you when we pass through the rivers of doubt when we walk through the fires of pain that in my case are caused by a lifetime of trauma, I will not be burned. Verse 4 says we are precious and honored in his sight. And so for today, I will stay out of the ring, focus on the fullness of his presence and not the fullness in my guts. Today, I will choose to remember that I matter, and that's my prayer for you too. Stay tuned, guys because this healing continues to not make sense. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with me today. I am so honored, always so honored when you have chosen to do that. We will continue to publish these podcasts every other Wednesday. The best way for you to just automatically have that downloaded to your device is to hit that subscribe button. If you're so inclined to leave us a rating as well as a review, that will help us as we continue to try to get the podcast out there to those that need it. So I would be honored if you would also consider following me on social media. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Instagram is author Amy Watson is my handle. And then Facebook and Twitter are Amy Watson author. You can also reach me on my website, amywatsonauthor.com. Thank you again for spending time with me, and I look forward to spending some more time with you two weeks from today.